for the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling pop culture and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndyCast. Hello. What's up, sluts? Hello. Bing bong bing. Hey, it is an OG fucking IndyCast reunion right now. It is. And uh, this is a an After Dark Hot Takes episode. Hot Takes. Not to be confused with Hot Cakes, that's, which I also enjoy. That's true. Um, so we're going to be talking about, you know, rumors and dirt sheet shit that nobody should pay attention to, but we all do. And, and yet, here we go. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to discuss that. So our uh, curator here in the Museum of uh, Dirt Sheetery and Hot Takes, uh, Mr. Chad Allen, uh, please, please lead the way. Well, let's start Well, with... I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, that I, was I feel like, distinct well. Yeah, I feel like you misspoke there. I feel like if you're going to start this thing with a well, you got to go, well! <laughs> well, there you go. it can also be... Well, well, it's true. Well, so, so there's a lot of lot of wells in wrestling that you could go with there. So, true. Uh, but so let's start with um, possibly what seems like a very uh, what could be a bad thing for WWE and a great thing for those of us who follow the indie scene is there seems to be a bit of a weird mass exodus out of WWE recently with Neville leaving. Uh, or possibly leaving, with the rumor of Nia Jax possibly leaving, with Jimmy Jacobs getting fired recently, um, it, it, um, Austin Aries left on his own recently, um, and Austin even said uh, in an interview recently that he apparently makes more money on the indie scene than he does on uh, in WWE. So, what what are your takes on uh, this possible exodus of people heading out of the? the big times and heading over to possibly heading back to the indies. Well, I think this is sort of the price you pay when you have, you know, your wrestlers as independent contractors, you know, if there's a better offer out there, then they're going to take it. And so I think this has sort of been a long time coming in terms of, you know, even on this show, we all talked about how Lucha Underground was this great alternative and New Japan you know, and these other companies out there that are killing it, eventually, you know, enough fans are going to take notice that you could reasonably make a living off of that. And I think this has just sort of finally come to roost. And uh, I think it just, there's a lot more of an option now to up and leave. Whereas, you know, for decades and decades, it was, yeah, you can leave if you want, but you'll just come crawling back. You know, that kind of a thing. No, absolutely, and it's, even from the start of the show, like you said, it's something that I've never changed my stance on as far as, like, run, don't walk out that door. Like, sure, for your upper echelon, WWE is great, I'm sure, but as far as, like, anybody who's just sort of vaguely drifting around the mid-card or people like Zack Ryder that you go, they're still employed? Like, you could be doing something. Like, you guys are in the best years and best shape of your lives. Like, go fucking kill it, man. Like, and I feel like now, even the last couple of years, like, 
there's no better time or place to do that than the fucking North American Indies right now. Like, everybody is just fucking held hands and said, we're going to kill it, and good. Excellent. Thank you, Sam. Chad, what about you? My only my only concern would be for those people that are, are looking to are, are looking to head out. And actually, it's very interesting that Neville and Nia Jax are a couple of the people that we're looking at here. Neville, going back to the indie scene, had a big indie name already. Um, wrestling is Pac, obviously. Where not only was he a fairly decent name on the U.S. indie scene, but is you know somewhere akin to like royalty on in the British scene. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he has a place to go if he decides to leave. But Nia Jax, I don't believe, has ever actually done any independent time. Um, and though she would definitely be something, you know, something of an, a, a star attraction if she were to come out on the indie scene, for her, independent women's wrestling is in a great spot right now, don't get me wrong, but there's not nearly as many places for her to make an, you know, to make her name at, and I would question if ultimately her leaving might be a mistake. Because you've got people like Cody, like Cody Rhodes, who have done amazing, uh, but then you've got people like Jack Swagger or um, uh, I guess Aldo Rose is what they were what they were calling uh, calling him on the indie scene. Didn't quite make the impact I think they were hoping they would by going back to the indie scene. True. So it, it, it's but a gamble that you really have to take. Absolutely true, and you're right. You know, seeing as she's basically just WWE trained, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. However. I would say there may be a little bit less risk with a female wrestler simply just due to the numbers. You know, Jack Swagger jumps back to the indies and he's one of 10 trillion other male wrestlers who are on the indies. Nia Jax jumps into the indies and she's one of, let's say, 10,000 females as opposed to 10 trillion dudes. Mm -hmm. So it's a smaller pond for her to kind of get into. So I would say she has a better chance than most. But you're right, there is certainly an element of danger here in terms of, hey, you're not actually trained on the indies. You know, this is a sink or swim sort of moment. And also, too, I think a lot of it really depends on the person, just like with anybody's career. Like, Aldo Rose, whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck his name was, he had the big domestic violence case like right before that happened or right when he hit back the end right. I don't remember the timing Yeah, and like he kept flip flopping on his character and then I was like well I guess I'll go back to the party thing but like it's also kind of like a cokehead party scene where you're like <laughs> what the fuck is happening this is all too much like either pick something and stick with it at least to reacquaint people with who you are again true so I feel like his was just he just kept kind of pinging all over the place and um but for for Naya I think that she hasn't really had a whole lot of like, they use her as a novelty, but they yeah. don't use her. They go, look, she's Samoan, and oh, look, she's this giant Amazon woman, and she's a badass. That's great, but you don't actually let her do that. So I think if she was really given a place where she could kind of reach her potential, it would be tremendous for her. That's a good point. Yeah, true. We, have we really seen, like, a full-blown Naya at her best kind of thing? Mm. True, and there could definitely be a lot more there and we notice that a lot of times when we do have those people that go from wwe to back to the indies and have their like suddenly come up with you know what seems like you know a whole different wild move set 
or vice versa, you get a lot of people that come from the indies to WWE, and suddenly what used to be their big move suddenly become lost because they have to fit into that WWE system. True. Which isn't always a bad thing because it does sometimes help, you know, lengthen careers. But still, I mean, it, it definitely does make a uh, it does make a difference. So very true. Um, now. Do we want to get into more specifics on why supposedly Neville is looking to walk out? Um, from what I've heard, apparently he's just not real happy with the way he's being booked. I think it's a lot like the same thing with what happened with Cody, from what I've heard. Well, one, that he's just not thrilled with how he's being handled lately. One of the things that I, I had read was that he was particularly unhappy about money uh, in regards to, apparently... Um, his match with Austin Aries at WrestleMania this past year mm-hmm. was apparently not included on the DVD or Blu-ray release. Really? So therefore, he and Austin didn't get any sort of royalties from that, which is where a lot of wrestlers actually make their big paydays, mm-hmm. is from the right. royalties from the WrestleMania releases. So, that sort of would make sense as to why Austin Aries was like, mm, you know what? I think I'd be making more money on the indies. Kind of along the same lines of like, hey, by the way, you, for whatever reason, decided to cut me out of the biggest payday bonus of the year. And now, you know. The other thing, though, too, and Luna and I were actually talking about this beforehand, Mm -hmm. that if you don't, as as much as there's room enough at the top, Mm -hmm. if you don't actively have a title in WWE you run the risk of just being lost. Because Lance Storm just put that possibly one of the most tragic results of a wrestling injury is Finn Balor dislocating his shoulder the night he wins the Universal title. Not because he couldn't wrestle anymore, but when he came back, he was no longer in the main event. Now he's in the mid-card Flopping around and with he's just with Bray, floating out in the ether until hopefully they can pick up a storyline that makes sense for him to get back right. in that spotlight again. But for a lot of people, and this happened a lot with Ziggler too, you just you never, never really yeah. get back there. Like either something will happen, or they go, "Oh, not this time, kid." And mm-hmm. then you know, ten years of your career later, and you're like, "What the fuck? How am I still here?" So that might have been some of the cause for Neville to go. You know what? This ain't worth it because he might be fearing now that the belt's off me. I'm just going to get lost in the shuffle, and I've worked too hard to not be in the main event. Well, I read something, I read, ugh, I'm literally the worst on the internet, because I read, like, the title and, like, the first sentence, and I'm like, that's all I need to know. Like, I'm everything I hate. Journalism! Right, but I had read something about, like, I don't know if it was Enzo just getting cheap heat, but he had said something at a house show. He right, made that some he supposedly comment. made Neville quit. But I had been seeing a couple of articles about that, of, like, just Enzo rubbing people the wrong way, because he's got a very loud personality which I don't think may be intentional but it could also be like well if you're just gonna kind of pass this off onto these other assholes then I'm out but mm-hmm. like I don't know man I feel like Neville was on the back burner for so long that it's like why now after you had a really decent run would you go fuck it him out like he could have said that for the last mm, since he got signed true because when he first made his Mighty Mouse debut everybody was like and that was it like True. That fizzled out real quick. Like, I would have been gone way before now. Uh, but then again, he has bartering chips now. Like, he could say, oh, well, you know, I was your main villain for 205. 
you know, I had the whole crowd behind me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Now you better make it worth my while to keep me on board. Well, actually, the other thing that just popped into my noggin, too, is because of the way that they're handling 205, if he figures that that's the glass ceiling... True. ...then I can understand being like, all right, this is where I am, and that's pretty much where I'm going to be. Yeah, that's true. If if they maybe officially gave him the, hey, by the way, you're never going to get inclemented Mm -hmm. back, acclimated into the main roster again, you're only going to be stuck here in the island of Flippy Toys, then yeah, then maybe he was like, (laughs) all right, well, that's not even, that's not what I signed up for, so I'm out of here. Because it was like, that could be a deterrent, too. Yeah, and there there was, that was also another thing I had heard, was that he was very much disappointed in the fact that, you know, this was a good opportunity to move him up into, back into the main roster picture for something like an intercontinental title, and it doesn't look like that was going to ultimately be the case. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, speaking of independent places people could end up, um, one of the places that normally was was kind of one that was definitely mentioned is either kind of a, uh, you know, place on the way out or the place on the way back into WWE has been the WWN family of shows, uh, mostly being Evolve being the big one. Uh, FIP and, and uh, their women's company, Shine, is obviously a pretty big feeder company for WWE well, but there seems to be a lot of trouble in paradise when it comes to WWN lately, from emails getting leaked, to um, uh, former WWN manager Larry Dallas coming out with a bunch of tweets recently. Um, what do we think about the, the situation the WWN is having right now? Well, it's it, for me, it's one of those cases, and we know a lot of people who work with WWN and stuff like that, so I don't I don't know necessarily that we're going to go and try to burn bridges, but it's one of those things, okay, you ever watch a video or something like that where they say, oh, if you play this song backwards, it says something about the devil, and if you just listen to it on your own, you'd be like, what the hell? No, it doesn't, but as soon as you're watching it and it's playing and it has the words on the bottom, you go, oh my God, it totally says that. So it's more like the suggestion. Right. Yeah. So the suggestion of shit is going down, Flow Slam is suing them, uh, by all accounts it appears that Gabe Spolsky is trying to ease his way out of Evolve, um, uh, Ethan Page just left, there's a lot of shit that's kind of flinging all over the place. So things that are happening now, a year ago I wouldn't have given a second thought to. I would have just been like, ah, whatever. But now I look at it and I go, oh, is, this, is this bad? Is this, is this a bad thing? For example, this past Evolve, well, bef- this, yeah, so this past Evolve ended with Drennan and Perot, mm-hmm. who have been major heel forces in ACW, which is another WWN company, make this huge invasion come in at the end of Evolve and made their presence known. Again, a year a year ago... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Chad. And don't forget, um, Odinson was also part of True. that as well. And those and Odinson and Perot have both been um, running as a tag team in FIP, another Correct. WN setup, where they've been kind of causing havoc all over the place there. Mm-hmm. In addition to this, there's also been a bigger spotlight put on Priscilla Kelly in Evolve as a manager and they've been kind of suggesting uh, 
defending her title from Shine. So both of these things both kind of happened in this last ep episode of Evolve. Again, a year ago, I wouldn't have batted an eye. I would have gone, okay, so we're kind of mixing some things up. That's cool. But when you see all these other things going on, my immediate question is, are we trying to circle the horses here? They're moving all of their merchandise to a different to location. One, yeah, like, hey, this basically the ACW champion mm -hmm. and one of the FIP tag teams mm -hmm. are now on Evolve. The secondary champion for Shine is now on Evolve. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a show announced for FIP for the rest of the year. There hasn't been a show announced for Style Battle for the rest of the year. We just got a name for the ACW show that is supposed to be happening on the 28th. Again, all of these little things a year ago would not have I would not have stirred from any of them. Mm -hmm. But now that the suggestion is there that there is trouble a brewing, all of this adds to that. Mm -hmm. Of are they looking to just consolidate everything into Evolve? That they'll basically just drop off everything else except for maybe Shine. Because, you know, I don't think they're going to go a huge female invasion angle and Evolve and book right. 20 women. But are we trying to condense everything into Evolve and just keep it in that one company as opposed to having six companies running all under the same umbrella? Now, let me let me ask you. Is it necessarily a bad thing if they look into combining up those companies and kind of just put it all under a ball? Not a bad thing. It's not right now, because everything else is a shit show. If you had told me that two years ago, I would say it's absolutely a bad thing, because each brand had a decent, strong identity. You know, they had pretty much their own roster. Like, there were... Everything was a lot more clearly defined, and I feel like a lot more maintained about a year or two ago, but now, just fucking cut your losses. Like, y'all suck at this, you obviously don't care about anything other than Evolve and maybe Shine when you're lucky. Like, just fucking, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Like, they don't market it properly, they don't handle the talent properly. Like, if you don't care that bad that other people are going, hey, fuck this, by the way, then don't do it. And that sort of references back to the Larry Dallas series of mm -hmm. tweets, is right. he was saying that you know, there are a lot of alternatives now outside of WWE, which at first, the first tweet is sort of, like, ambiguous. Like, it's saying, like, oh, yeah, you can make a life outside of WWE now. Like, you didn't used to be able to do that, now you can. And he was saying, you know, I'm able to pay my bills now just based on independent wrestling, plus he hosts a radio show on Sirius and things like that. So he's been able to finally live the dream of every fan in the crowd. He got his way into wrestling, and now he can make a life out of that. But then it sort of turned towards, hey, you can make a life outside of WWE, but it may not be with WWN because they're still treating well, see, their I talent. The way I read it wasn't you could make a life outside of WWE. It was unless you're former WWE, you're not going to make it in WWN. Because True. WWN only caters to people on their way in or on their way out of WWE and everybody else is cannon fodder. So, like, that's pretty much how I took it, of the, like, hey, we're going to make you a star, kid, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, get out there, bust your ass for 50 bucks if you're lucky, and then that's as far as you go, unless William Regal taps somebody on the shoulder and goes, hey, give me that one. Like, otherwise, you're fucked. And that's kind of how it was going. Well, I mean, what, what the tweet, because I've got the tweets here in front okay, of me. Okay, good. His first one was, 
I'll get heat for this, but every non-WWE guy from WWN who left makes more money elsewhere. So saying that if, like what Luna just said, if you're not WWE and you're in WWN, you probably make money better outside of WWN. I mean, I actually pay my bills now. So do others. Doesn't that mean something? Fox, as in AR Fox, mm-hmm. Sammy, Sammy Callahan. Um, I'm trying to see who else they've got here. Um, uh, Marty, Ethan, etc. all treated like stars. Uh, not promised to be ones, treated like one, with respect and dignity. Top guy, uh, former ROH, top non-wrestler, former ROH. It's almost about proving the company wrong than proving your vision is right. Uh, leaks because you hire fans for free and ex-girlfriends to spite and rip talent rather than build a business. Odd how it happens. Now, the funny part was all, well, not funny, it's almost un- almost not surprising, all of these tweets pretty much disappeared a couple hours later. So, obviously, somebody said something to them about about what he said there, and he quickly decided to try to retract. Um, but I screen-capped them all, so whoopsee. That's journalism in <laughs> 2017, baby. But, so. and, and although I was trying to be diplomatic towards the beginning, you guys are right. It's, we've heard stories of shady business dealings, of things being troubled in WWN. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was the whole uh, situation with uh, Josh Gavin, on who's on Twitter, uh, which you can go find him. He's, he, he tweets some good shit. Um, but he was on a podcast and basically laid it out that, like, he was owed money mm-hmm. and there was a lot of promises made but not kept. You know, we've heard stories of talent being brought in to wrestle at style battle for a reduced rate because it's basically just like a tryout Mm -hmm. and then when they got brought in to evolve they were cornered in taking the exact same reduced rate because well you already agreed to it once like things like that are just stories that you hear in Florida and I think Larry Dallas is making the point of you know Lucha Underground pays their people really well Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor seems to pay their people pretty well you know, there's New Japan signs crazy contracts to try to pay their people well. Like, there is a lot of potential in a lot of companies, I and see, it just seems like WWN is just, still trying to kind of get over almost on the talent. Like, I would say, even in just other indies, exactly. Like, they're still trying to run it like they're getting one up on everybody, and it's like business wise, you can't do that. It's 2017. Like, oh, we would have paid you two hundred dollars, but you didn't ask for two hundred dollars, so right. uh, we're going to pay you seventy five because you didn't ask for two hundred. But even in Florida, there are other promotions that I'm sure will pay well. Like whenever you see a bunch of wrestlers go, "Hey, this is a great place to work. We love going to this company." It's probably because they get fucking paid and treated like human beings, yeah. like they said. Like, and if I hadn't seen this shit firsthand, sorry, um, I wouldn't, you know, talk shit. Like I'm not just taking it off the word of a dirt sheet, but I've you know, seen and talked to people who obviously work for these companies who either got shortchanged or they won't even be communicated with directly because it's like the Wizard of Oz where nobody gets to see the wizard because the only reason he thinks talent wants to talk to him is so that they can get a belt. Like, you can't fucking treat people like that and expect them to give you 110% for this long. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll do it for a while. Like, people will go with the promise of like glory and that grandeur that like Evolve used to kind of have and now once everybody goes hey this is just a fucking house of cards like we're good you know so everybody's just very slowly and not so slowly now taking their ball and finding a lot more success elsewhere the other thing too is for being 
Sorry, I was on tangent. No, for being 2017 and, like, social media is so huge. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, it's this weird societal unspoken rule of, like, you don't talk to people about how much you make. Mm-hmm. Like, even outside of wrestling, like... Oh, in the workplace, don't tell the other people you know, what you make. And Adam ruins everything video about right. that. Right. And, and it's like, the only reason why you're not supposed to tell talk to people about how much you make is because you're going to piss somebody off who goes, wait a minute, we do the same job, why aren't we paid the same? Mm-hmm. The only people who don't benefit the are employer. the people who aren't talking about it. Yeah. So, even though social media is super quick, I feel like a lot of wrestling companies haven't come out and said like, hey, we pay our talent really well. For whatever reason, because unspoken rule thing. Mm-hmm. But now, how many people from Lucha Underground have said, like, oh, yeah, it's a super great locker room. They mm-hmm. they cover us, you know, they have our backs. They let us do what we want. You know, we can make a living off this. Same thing with Ring of Honor. Same mm-hmm. thing with all these other independent companies are just kind of serendipitously yeah, going, hey, by the way, we're going to cover your costs. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Like, we're going to pay you what you're worth. Uh, the whole goddamn controversy with Russell Circus and Twitch, where mm-hmm. they're like, hey, we're going to put a tip jar... Because, damn it, these people should be paid what they're worth. Which, by all, everybody who bitched about that, about, like, oh, I should have a tip jar. Everybody, all of those people should get a cactus up their asshole. Okay. All of those people. Oh. Because if you don't think that those people who are in the ring busting their ass doing more than these fucks ever will in their entire lives don't deserve to get paid, then fuck you on a cactus. Disrespectful to you and this wrestling business. Thank you. Um, by the way, I'd like to state for the record that officially... At the fuck you with the cactus line, Luna took your diplomacy and also fucked it with a cactus. That's yeah, true. Thank so. you. Um, but yeah, so I think it's just sort of worked its way out of all these other companies are sort of priding themselves on like, no, we're bringing in great talent and we are paying them what they're worth. So now sort of the elephant in the room is if you don't do that, mm-hmm. the, you can't just hide behind like, well, this is how business is. Yeah. Like, mm, I don't think that's how business is. Yeah, I, think, I feel like there's a lot of companies... That pay me what I'm worth. And you know what it is? It's exactly like the, um, like, over-brutalized training. Like, when What's-His-Face, that asshole from NXT got right. caught, when they were like, hey, we don't have to deal with all of your bullshit because those are the hoops that you had to jump through when you were in the business. Like, just because the previous generation did a shitty job doesn't mean that we need to carry that tradition. Right. So same kind of thing. Like, you don't, you paying your dues doesn't have to include... Being the bitch boy for whoever your trainer is for right. the rest of your life. Or running or until being, you throw up exactly, or whatever. Exactly, or being humiliated or just having to deal with the shit that normally you fucking wouldn't. Same thing with pay. Like, you don't, just because everybody else worked for $5 in a ham sandwich, which I almost said hand job, but that too doesn't mean that you have to work for $5 in a ham sandwich. Like, that you can actually get paid now. Or a hand job, whatever. Um, I mean, some people might prefer right. that. So. Which. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think I I carry the tradition of wearing Zubas in a fanny pack. Right. Don't carry the tradition of not getting paid what you're worth. Exactly. And by the way, I would just like to say for the record that if somebody wants to book me for something, you can keep the five bucks if the hand job's available. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. You're pro rate. Um, also, by the way, to anybody who is new to this show, if you go back four goddamn years ago... Mm-hmm. And listen to one Mr. David Starr on our show give a manifesto about this same thing of getting paid what right. you're worth. That guy was ahead of the game. I say, and by the way, look how that fucking worked out for him. Right. Dude is headlining shows in Europe. They fly him back every week that I see that he's in the States. The following week, he's flying back to Europe. Because that man is the biggest goddamn deal in Germany. And fucking good. The David Hasselhoff of wrestling. Right? Which, Dave, <laughs> you can definitely take that, David, if you want to use that in the ring. 
Why is that not on a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> He's big in Germany. Anyways, so um, so yeah, thank you. Uh, the ultimate character swerve in Larry Dallas being the uh, the whistleblower. Yeah, like when the fuck is he the voice of reason? Well, and supposedly he was the one who ratted out or, or threw the blame mm-hmm. on Chip Day being the one who leaked the email, which turns out possibly not to be true because another email got leaked. Right. So I'm still standing with Chip that... He's not the scapegoat. And really, like, grand scheme of things, and thankfully a lot of people said this, the emails that were quote-unquote leaked... Not scandalous in any way. No, they're just fucking basic show notes. Like, yeah, they're dumb, but, like, so are show notes. Like, y'all want to see some real fucking shit? Like, I have show notes from shows that would actually be like, oh, fuck, I can't believe they told the guys to do that. Whereas with this stuff, it was like, oh, be really nice to kids. Like, oh, what a pipe bomb. But, like, fucking whatever. Like, it wasn't even a big deal. Yeah. So, Chad, we talked quite a bit. Luna and I took turns monologuing here. What's Sorry, your take on all this? I haven't been here in a while, so... Yeah, you got a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know what? It, it, I don't think, like like Luna just said, I don't think the emails were all that pipe bomby. I don't think it was anything all that exciting. Uh, and I think the fact that these emails were even leaked were was blown way the hell out of proportion. Um, like I said, it's, you know, I... I hope it's not true because obviously any place where people that are in this business can work is a, is a good thing. But you know, if if obviously there's a, you know, a lot going on and a, and a you know a lot of kind of almost shady business practices going on, then we either need to relook at what's going on and try to fix it so that you know people are being dealt with properly. Or let's let's pack up the wagons and, and head to something else here because it's just it's you know people need you know, it needs to be fair to everybody. You need to be fair to Flair, as it were. It's, so. it's always always good to end a speech with being fair to Flair. That's right. So uh, next thing on my list, speaking of speaking of being fair to people, uh, is it fair that WWE sent a cease and desist? to the Young Bucks based off of the too sweet hand gesture? Um, hmm. Good question. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they, they put it together first, like, well, I guess, well, kind of, sort of, because, well, no, NWO would have done it first, technically on, on screen, I think, so, right. and they own WCW, so, I don't, I, it seems very, very petty. Is what is is my ultimate take on it. It seems very, very petty. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, they always say that whatever your number one competition is, like, you don't don't acknowledge them, sort of a thing. Like during the Monday Night Wars, you know, WWE never really brought up WCW unless they absolutely had to. Right. And so them hitting the Young Bucks with a cease and desist kind of acknowledges that they're a big deal. Because if it was some, like, you know, local guys doing the two sweet and they got hit with a cease and desist, it's like, all right, that's a little much. Or, like, let's say, for instance, you know, you're running an Etsy shop and you've got some fucking decals of some wrestlers that, uh, you know, the WWE doesn't offer and you get hit with a cease and desist because God fucking forbid that somebody have a goddamn Dusty Road sticker on their fucking car, Vince McMahon, you fuck! Um, 
Anyway, what was I saying? Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of gives uh, sort of credence of, hey, this is a big deal. You know, this is something we're, we're seeing as competition sort of a thing. Um, but the fallout from it, I think, is, is the bigger sort of interesting take. The fact that the Young Bucks, as they are, you know, want to do, completely turned it around into a positive. They're selling goddamn little plastic pieces that you hold with your middle fingers that say censored. So when you're doing the two sweet, it's censored now because they're goddamn marketing geniuses. And, you know, they turned it into a charity thing. Like, Young Bucks came out of this smelling like roses, whereas WWE, A, looks petty, and then B, fires Jimmy Jacobs for supposedly taking a photo with the Elite. Right. Yeah, there was there was definitely a lot of petty that came out of this on the WWE side. Because, obviously, the, for the whole discussion is apparently this all started thanks to the uh, Bullet Club doing basically an old DX style like invasion of the arena because they happen to be in the same area doing a, a signing I believe for pro wrestling tees mm-hmm. as WWE was for Monday Night Raw so I mean it's nothing WWE hasn't done before True. we have video footage of it quite honestly they trot it out any chance they can get they make a big deal about how edgy they were because DX invaded Nitro right well, that's just what they did. So if if they had just kind of ignored it and let it go. Or even been clever about it. If they had, like, come back with some sort of reference on Raw that night or something like that about, oh, you know, we're here to keep these young bucks in line or something like that. You know, right. there was a way to do it with subtlety and not just looking like you're stamping your foot. Because you're exactly right. It's all cool and, and historical and... And a wonderful moment of wrestling until it's done to WWE and then suddenly it's goddamn disrespectful. Right. Yeah, then suddenly guys are getting fired and cease and desists are flying out. And the part I love even more is on Ring of Honor this week. Um, I don't believe the show has been broadcast yet, but they officially have come up with basically a new hand signal. I don't know if you've seen... Have you seen the one suite? Yes, yes, I have. Where basically they just put the pinky down. Right. So now it's just like it's it's like the wolf head with just one with the index finger up and they're touching on the index finger now. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's there's your way around it. Right. Everyone knows why they had to go why they had to go around it. And again, I think ultimately it just makes WWE look petty. On top of that, Kevin Nash just did an interview on uh, I guess on Sean Waltman's podcast on uh, an Xbox podcast where they talked about it. And neither of them had any problem whatsoever with the Young Bucks doing the two sweet, um, and, and said that w, they both thought that WWE went too far with the cease and desist, that they should have just basically ignored it. And because these guys are actually talented, they had no problem with them using it. I believe Nash even said it was like if Pearl Jam were to do like a Rolling Stone song in concert. It's not disrespectful they're doing it. It's an homage to the Stones. Right, Same very true. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and we should probably have X-Pac on and do a crossover episode, but neither here nor there... Let's see if that happens. Um, <laughs> neither here nor there. Yeah, I think... Uh, and, and also, the idea of, you know, oh, you know, once we take the two sweet away, that's going to really take the wind out of the Young Bucks sails. It's like, 
No, no. They've been obnoxious and doing super kicks for fucking ten years now. The hand right. signal thing was just sort of icing on the cake. They did right. not need to build their career off of that. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous as a whole. But you know what? Like you said, though, the Young Bucks came out looking like, still looking like a million bucks. Let's see what you did there. Because... Yeah, because the, you know, the, like the cease and desist shirt they came out with um, is like the number one seller on pro wrestling tees. Well, because here's the thing. You've got a smarky crowd who wants to be fucking edgy and, oh, who's my favorite wrestler? Fucking Chris Benoit is because Vince McMahon fucking fuck you, Vinnie Mac. So any opportunity that they are given to stick it to the man or what they feel is sticking it to the man, they're going to be all over that. So if it's a t-shirt where the theme of the t-shirt is we're going to piss off Vince McMahon, of course everyone and their mother bought it because everybody wants to give Vince McMahon the finger. And do you love the, did you hear the other fun part about um, the request that was made for the Young Bucks fairly recently? No. Apparently the company that makes the uh, WWE 2K games uh, recently contacted the Young Bucks to start uh, because they're going to start obviously working on WWE 2K19 because mm-hmm. 2K18 just came out to do the motion capture for their moves because they realized that everybody, that pretty much everybody, uh, when it came to uh, making creator wrestler characters. We're all making the young bucks. It's true. It's not. So that's wanted, not a lie. They wanted, the, they wanted the moves to look as legitimate as possible. So this is right after the cease and desist happened. They got contacted to do the motion capture for two K nineteen, which that's, I believe they turned down. But. Well, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. No, it's amazing though. So I don't know. Like I said, I think uh, I think the WWE. Jumped the gun, they overreacted, and they ended up looking foolish for it. And the young bucks look like little angel babies, so they win again. Yeah, uh, so funny. And then, um, I, you know, what I love it. I, I even said this as I put the, the hype up for this episode today. That it's amazing how many of these stories that we have here right now all seem to like Cody Rhodes is like your. You know the the son that all these other stories seem to revolve around lately here with right. like him being at the at the invasion with other wrestlers. Apparently, the rumor is that a bunch of wrestlers are trying to talk to Cody about how he left WWE and in hopes of making the career he had. So you know, so good good job, Cody. By the way, but but here's the thing: is Cody doing anything that Trent Beretta didn't do in New Japan? Like the secret is. You leave WWE, you walk out with your head held high, and you start taking as many bookings as you possibly can, and you see for you wait for somebody to treat you like a big deal. We talked about it earlier. Evolve were first in line to blow Drew McIntyre when he left. They put him they put the Evolve title on him the night he came to fucking indie wrestling. That's all you gotta do is just find a big company that treats you like you're a big deal. And then boom, swish, you're a big deal. Right. So, I think that's... Everyone's looking for the secret. That's the secret. It's just, don't be a dick. Like, just go, hey, what's a big deal company that's going to book me like I'm the second coming? And then boom, swish, you're good. Right. 
which is, and interestingly enough, is part of the problem with with guys like Ryback and you know um, Swagger and stuff like that. That for some reason they just did not have places that wanted to to, to book them like you know the world you know stopped at their doorstep. So. Right. Well, you know, and and again that. I'm sure with each situation it was a little different. You know, they might have been asking for too much money or, you know, thought who the hell they are or what, who knows. But, it, you know, the secret to Cody's success was just, hey, I'm tired of looking like an asshole. I'm going to go to this company now and they're going to treat me like I'm a big deal. Because Ring of Honor fucking bent over backwards to go like, holy shit, Cody Rhodes is here. Like, they made a big damn deal out of it. And as such, you know... That was the it, it, it trickled down and now fans are like it's a really big deal. Um, I wasn't particularly like butt hurt by his promo, by the way. Um, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people going like, "Oh, I'm not impressed with Cody," and da 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 da. That's fine. He's being treated like a big deal. Good. He's a big deal. Right. And I and I'm pretty sure that Cody is laughing all the way right to the bank and doesn't care if you're you know. Right, exactly. Not impressed. They were not. So. Right. God bless Cody for that too. So. Yeah. So yeah. No. Overall, I think it's kind of a crazy time in indies right now because we're kind of walking this fine line between you know it's still underground, but it's you know now there's definitely options to holy shit I can actually like make a living out of this now and I don't know it's a crazy time but I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of it and I'm glad that you know I'm glad that wrestlers can make a goddamn living out of this because. If you want to be a weekend warrior guy, that's fine. But if you want to make something out of this and you're not able to do that, that's got to be the worst feeling in the world. Right. But I don't know. Overall, now, um, now, Chad, do you have any other uh, any other things to do hot takes on? Because if not, uh, I actually have a big tease for the next After Dark episode. Well, uh, CT's away, sir. CT's away. So. As we stated earlier, you know, things in WWN is a little bit in flux right now. And so, worst case scenario, if they decide to quadruple down and just basically run Evolve, and that leaves Shine, you know, which is the premier women's wrestling company in Florida, without a home, I was thinking, what would a fully gimmicked female fight card look like? And so... The next episode of IndieCast After Dark, we will all put together our potential, let's say maybe like, we'll each put together maybe five matches, and each of us get two matches on this main card. And the rule is, we're going to have a set amount of fully gimmicked lady ambassadors, and non-ambassadors that you're going to be using for this event. So we're all going to kind of put our brains together and make the realistic dream card of what would a fully gimmicked female fight card look like. Okay. Can I make this can I make this slightly interesting? Of course. I would like the opportunity, because I know they'll be listening to this, uh, I would like the opportunity to uh, to invite a couple other wrestling nerds on maybe this episode. Okay. To together their own show. So I like that. Team Hammerfest uh, want in on this, because I think they would probably have some some interesting takes of their own. Let's see if, uh, if the boys want in on this one, too. I like that quite a bit. I like that quite a bit. So that's my uh, that's my big tease for the next After Dark episode, which, you know, who knows when that might be. And uh, uh, 
I can tell you it won't be it won't be next week. Okay, so you know we, uh, we have a very good guest for next week. I will give a little hint on that, barring any surprises. It is somebody that if you were at fully gimmick uh, at the fully gimmick punk pro show, uh, you, you more than likely saw him on that show. Okay, excellent, excellent. I like that we're actually like hyping and teasing some shit here. So, uh, with all of that said. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the IndieCast. As always, go support uh, FullyGimmick.com. Go support Filsinger Games, which is, again, unloading an unbelievable roster of new playing cards uh, for their gaming systems. And uh, and make sure to keep an eye on various social medias as uh, we are announcing, you know, other little goodies before the end of the year. And... Everybody say congratulations to the newest Fully Gimmicked Ambassador, Izzy the Superfan. So, all kinds of fun stuff happening. Um, And, uh, like I said, until next time, everyone, on behalf of both of our female counterparts, I am the sexually aggressive koala. Uh, And, as always, I'm Coculus Maximus. And, as we always say, everybody, until next time. Deuces!